The blood shall never lose its power. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad he dipped his finger in his side and wrote forgiven across your record in his own blood? He didn't do it with a bick. He didn't do it with a paper mate. You know, I've signed things with ink pens and put it up in the windshield of the car in three or four days. You couldn't even tell where you signed it or not. The sun just pulls the ink right out. Have you ever seen that? But I'm so glad that he signed our pardon. He dipped his finger in his blood and signed our pardon. And that blood shall never lose its power. Amen. And what a privilege it is to know that we're pardoned. And a, a pardon is a pardon as long as it's received as a pardon. You know, if a person goes to hell, they have to fight their way to hell. It's exactly right. They, people die and go to hell every day, but it's because they chose to do it. There's a blood been provided for every one of us. Young, old, that's right, friends. Black, white, yellow, red, it don't make no difference. Hallelujah. I told the Apaches one time, we was preaching that on San Carlos on the Indian Reservation. I said, Jesus didn't die to make everybody white. He died to make everybody saved. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you're saved? Happy New Year. Praise the Lord. What a privilege to serve the living God. Just before we go to the Word of God, I have a couple of prayer requests myself. And uh, some of you know Brother John LaFontaine. Up in Ohio, uh, in, in that area, Brother John Paul's daddy, he had open heart surgery this morning, a couple of bypasses, and while the, he was ha they was doing the uh, heart surgery, his kidney shut down on him, and so they got his heart fixed, I, I suppose, and now they're trying to get his kidneys working back, and I, I told Brother Paul that we'd uh, remember him in prayer tonight, and then I asked you to remember my daughter Jessica. Uh, I don't know how much sleep you got last night, but we didn't get much at our house. Jessica got sick uh, last night of running 102 fever and vomiting and all that that goes with it. And so it's been a, it's been a long night last night, but we're here. And, but I, I, I told Cheryl that we'd call her name in prayer this evening. So let's, let's just go before the Lord. I, I know we've already prayed over needs, but these were just a couple more that I didn't get out here. So, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just come before you this evening on behalf of our, our precious brother John, Lord. Father, he's labored for years to bring the word of God to your people. Lord, age is catching up with him. His heart, dear God, not working like it should. And they had to go in and fix it. And now, Lord, his kidneys. And, and oh, God, when we get into those situations in medicine, sometimes it just gets sideways, Lord. But we believe that thou art God, the healer of our bodies. And so, Lord, we look to you this evening that you would just move for our precious brother, Lord. You see the need. I know the family's concerned. Their hearts, Lord, are sincere before you. May you just move, oh God, I pray. May we get report back, Lord, even before the service is over that the kidneys just started working. That the doctors would say, we don't know how, but Lord, we know how. Because you're our healer, Lord. And Father, you see Jessica's need, and Lord, she's so sick when we left home a while ago, I felt so sorry for her, Lord, and Lord, I just come through that stuff myself this week, I know how it is, Lord, it just, just takes the strength right out of you, and I just pray, Lord, that you just touch her body, Lord, and may the fever leave her, we pray, and Lord, those others that's suffering here with the flu, and the, the virus, the stomach virus, and the upper respiratory, and just, just our enemy vexing us, Lord. But, Father, we rebuke him tonight in the name of Jesus. And, Father, may he just leave the people alone, we pray. And may they, everybody be able to come back to the house of God because we serve an awesome God this evening. 
Now, Lord, bless the service we ask and move among the people in a great way that we'll be careful to give you the honor and the praise and the glory. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. And the bride says, Amen. Amen. God bless you, Rich. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Romans. We want to read from Romans chapter 12, and uh, starting at verse 1. And <clears throat> we trust it to be a blessing to you. We kind of switched sermons from what we had uh, planned to bring tonight, and we just thought we would just switch over and pick this up and maybe look at the one we was going to look at tonight in the morning. Uh, hopefully, maybe a few more people would be back that... Because we just uh, trust it to be a blessing to you. So tonight we want to look at this thought here. And we just trust it to be a blessing as we look at the new year. Amen. We want to speak to you for a few minutes on new beginnings. And if you have your Bibles, turn with us to Romans 12. We want to start reading at verse 1. Amen. Praise the, <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Well, a new year and a new decade, huh? Amen. Amen. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the saints said, God bless you. You may be seated. I want to speak to you for a few minutes on new beginnings. And the prophet of God said, we pray that you will give out the bread of life to us tonight. Fathers, we'll listen closely and reverently to hear the voice. Grant it, Lord. Bless us. And may this new year dawn with new hopes. Bringing new thoughts. New revelations. New power. He says, oh, everything. May it be renewed to us again, Lord. Amen. To thy blessings and to thy promises. And we commit ourselves with prayer into thy hands in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thought, my, what a wonderful prayer that that is. Amen. And as we thought about that, I thought, Lord, let that be me also. No, let that just be a prayer of something that was 50, 60 years ago. But let that be to me also, Lord, even this new year of 2020. That, that, that the blessings would be fresh upon me. That your mercies would be renewed upon me. Amen. Amen. That, 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 that they would bring new hopes. That it would bring new desires. That it would rekindle the fire in my soul once again. With a new revelation and, and new thoughts and, and a new power to go forth with greater zeal. Amen. Amen. You know, the, here we are now in the first few days of 2020. And maybe things didn't work out like you wanted them to last year. But you're still here. Amen. 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 Maybe, you, maybe you received bad news last year. But you're still here. Maybe even some of your family walked away from this message. But you're still here. We're still here. Like the wise men, oh God, who followed the star over the mountains and the deserts and the valleys and through the thieves and all the dangers. But they pressed on. Because they were going to where the word was made flesh. 
And I say in this hour as we approach this new year, let us go as those wise men did. Let us go forth with a new zeal and a new desire to not be turned back regardless of what we face. No matter how much persecution would arise against us this coming year. May we be committed that we're going to press on. There's no turning back for us because there's nowhere for us to turn back to. We don't belong in the world. We don't belong in the religious system. We are not an organization. We are not a denomination. We are a body. The body of the Lord Jesus manifested on the earth. And as they hated him, they will hate us, but we will press on. Amen. Forgetting those things that are behind us, as Philippians says, Brethren, I count my myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press to the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Pressing on, amen. Forgetting those things that are behind. Not so much forgetting them, but burying our mistakes in the blood of Jesus Christ. Where they're dropped in the sea of his forgetfulness. Maybe things didn't happen like you wanted it to happen. Maybe you messed up big time last year. Maybe you just stumbled real bad last year. But I say, do not quit. If you get knocked down, get back up. If you get discouraged, get encouraged. Do not let the world turn you back. Do not let the cares of this life turn you around. Amen. If you, if you messed up, put it behind you in the bleach of the blood, in the sea of God's forgetfulness. Amen. Amen. Not dwell on their mistakes. Well, I messed up. Well, we all messed up. We all make mistakes. But it's a new year. Amen. Let's pick up and go again. Amen. Not dwell on our mistakes of last year. And certainly not repeat them. But let's start a new year and a new decade. With a fresh start in Jesus. To renew our minds. To the promises of his word. If you've let his word slip from your thinking. If you've let it slip from your heart. If you've let your problems get bigger than your God. I say in this year, this coming year. As we start out, let's start out right. Like when we was in the military. And we started out marching. Everybody started out on the same foot. And hallelujah, let's get in unison. Let's get united. Let's stand together and let's start out on the same foot. Amen. It's a new year. It's a new platform. Let's renew our minds back to the promises of God's word. But what God said is true. I said what God said is true. Every man's word is a lie. Amen. Amen. I'm so happy tonight that we serve a God of new beginnings. Amen. That we don't just mess up one time and God writes you off. He said, no man, nothing is able. There is nothing. Oh, think about this. There is nothing that can separate you 
He said no man or anything can pluck you out of my hand. You see, humans, you know, if, if, if I tell you something, maybe you don't believe it. As a human, sometimes we write each other off. But brother said, if I didn't believe your word, you'd say, let him go. And I might say the same thing about you. But God's not that way. He said, not God. No, no. He's long-suffering. He sends gifts. The prophet said he moves every stone that can be moved to see if he can get you to believe. Because our God is long-suffering. He's the God of second chances. He's the God of new beginnings. Amen. He's the God of a second chance. God poured himself, the prophet said. God poured himself into Christ. And Christ poured himself into the church. Therefore he said, now watch. At that day you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. And the prophet said, that day is this day. We're not living in the hour, Brother Terry, that we don't know anymore. Let our minds be renewed to what the Word says that we are. If you forgot what the Word said you are, let your mind be renewed in the coming year. Remember what God said. Hallelujah. That day, that's this day. You will know that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and I in you, and you in me. Brother said, and you'll know, and that day you'll know the whole thing is one plan of redemption coming down. God coming back to live in, dwell with, and commune to his people as he did at the beginning. That's where we're at. That God's desire that he had at the beginning to come down. To commune with, hallelujah, to fellowship with his children. We have now come back to that season and time of God's desire once again. The whole plan of redemption was to bring us back to this moment in time, to this place in time that God could come down and get in and commune with. Hallelujah. His people as he did at the beginning. As soon as he gets his church in speaking conditions. Get the church in speaking conditions. So that tells me, Brother Terry, the bride has a voice. Because she's not a freak bride. Come on. She's a perfect bride. The bride of Jesus Christ is a perfect bride because he's a perfect groom. And the same word speaks for the groom, speaks also for the bride. Therefore, she's not a freak. She don't have a size 12 on this foot and a size 5 on the other foot. Or one breast missing or no teeth or no eyes. No, sir. She's a perfect bride. And she's got a voice. The voice, hallelujah. The voice of God will be in the bride. Amen. Then who? Who? Is trying to silence the voice of the bride. The same one who tried to silence the voice of the groom. But I'll tell them 
They will never do it. Hallelujah. They want a battle, we'll fight. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll fight for our God-given rights. God gave me a ministry, Brother Terry. I'll fight for my God-given ministry, Brother Gene. Hallelujah. They never called me to preach. They can't take it away from me. God gave me the ministry. Whether how big it is or whether how small it is, that is irreverent. God gave it to me. Joseph never gave it to me. Jeffersonville never gave it to me. God gave me the ministry. And when he can get the church in speaking conditions again. Hallelujah. If he gets his church to a place that he can flow himself through and love and persuade and fellowship through his church. Then there'll come an Eden. He'll take his church back to where he left. Back to an Eden again. That's where it fell in now. It's where it made its first start of fall. was in Eden. And that's where it'll be taken right back to. Right back to. When he gets his church in that condition, then he'll take it back to Eden because in Eden is where he had communion with his family. He'll take it back to where it started, where a son of God could speak to the elements and the elements would obey him. Where God would be God of the universe, but man would be God of the earth. Amen. Man would walk on the earth, neither as a God, neither as a man, but he would walk upon the earth as a God-man. Hallelujah. Jesus was the first of that great race, a super race. Hallelujah. And when the church gets in that condition, he'll pack her back to himself again. Hallelujah. For an Eden, amen. For every clean state, where every clean slate of redemption bringing them straight back to that place again where every slate is wiped clean. A new beginning. The God of new beginnings. Amen. Think of it, friends. Remember I talked about a chaplain who come to him and told him a story. When he was in the army, said a major come to him and said, Chaplain, there's a captain over there. He's dying. He goes over to where the captain was. He'd been machine gunned through his, through his mid-area. He was all shot up. Blood was guggling out of his mouth. And he was laying there dying. The chaplain goes to him and he says, Captain. He said, Yes, sir. The gurgles of the blood. He said, are you the chaplain? And the chaplain said, yes, I am. He said, you're dying, Captain. Do you realize you're dying? He said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know I am. I know I'm dying. He said, the blood was gurgling out of his mouth. He was gasping for breath. And the chaplain looked at the man laying there, the captain that was bleeding. He said, are you a Christian? He said, I used to be. I used to be. And the chaplain said to this man who was dying, 
He said, where? Where did you leave him? He said, Captain, listen to me. You'll find him. Where you left him. It's not God that changes. It's us. You'll find him right where you left him. He said, you better hurry. Your lungs are filling up with blood. Captain. He began to wonder laying there. The prophet said the, the chaplain was telling the, the captain he began to struggle. Trying to breathe. Every breath of blood just gurgling out of his mouth. He said all at once. A smile. A smile came across his face. The pain didn't matter. The suffering didn't matter. A smile come across his face. He said, I know. I know where I left him. And the chaplain said, Captain, where did you leave him? Where did you leave him? Come on. Yeah. Now I laid me down to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Amen. And he took a breath or two and he died. Yeah. Sure. Right. But he found him. Hallelujah. He found him where he left him. He left him as a child. As a child in all the years of his wandering, all those years, he wandered and he drifted. And he got into this and he got into that and he got drafted in all that he'd done. But there, in his closing moments of his life, his slate was clean. He had a new beginning. I think, as I was thinking of that story, it reminded me of St. Carlos and me and Brother David. We had a meeting out there a few years ago, Brother David Seiler. We did an outreach there at St. Carlos and they took a bunch of trees and made a, a brush arbor and we, we had the meeting right in for, right where Brother Brenham had the prayer line. And the people coming by the church, they were going through there to get their drugs and get their alcohol. And we was just preaching Christ. Preach it, this particular night, this old fella came in about 66, Brother Terry, 67. Yeah. Hair to his shoulders, just wrinkles, had a bandana, just the typical looking Apache of what you think they would look like. And if my memory serves me, this arm was missing. He had, on a, he had an artificial arm on this one and an artificial leg on this. It might have been the other, but one leg was artificial, one arm was artificial. And he came up to where I was standing. And when he got his back from here to the pulpit, I could smell the alcohol on his breath. And he began to cry. A 67-year-old man, he began to cry tears going down the wrinkles in his face. And he said, I don't want to be bitter no more. I don't want to hate no more. I'm tired of hating. 
And then I got in Brother Jesus and I thought, poor old fella. They took his land away from him, put him on a reservation, and then drafted him into the army, sent him to Vietnam, no doubt. To fight for a country that took his land away from him. No wonder he was bitter. He got in Vietnam and lost an arm and lost a leg and come back to a reservation that he'd been put upon. He said, I don't want to hurt. No, I don't want to hate no more. I don't want to be bitter no more. He said, lead me to that Jesus you preach about. He laid his, he laid his head on my shoulder. I just put my arms around him. And I was talking to Brother Kevin later. I said, how's he doing? He said, Brother Darrell, he took sick and he died. Just a few weeks after the meeting, he died. He said, I went to the family to pay my respects. And said, they said, Kevin, he died so peaceful. He never was the same after that meeting that you had up there. What is it? It's the God of another chance. He's the God of new beginnings. Amen. What did he do? He wiped his slate clean. He changed him. He transformed him by the renewing of his mind. Think of Samson. How God used him. But he got his mind off of his calling. He forgot what it was he was called to do. He got to looking at himself. And what it was he wanted. He started conforming like other men. To do that which pleased his flesh. Instead of pleasing his God. You know what I'm talking about. He laid his head in the wrong lap. He started thinking not about his calling, not about who he was. But he started thinking about his flesh. I'm Samson. He told little lies. And yet the anointing would still fall upon him. He was the same as he was before. He got arrogant. Predestinated. Elected. Chosen. But he got to looking at himself. And he thought more about pleasing his flesh than he did his own God. There in the arena that day with the roar of the crowd of his enemy and the spit as they spit upon him, Samson began to remember who he was. He began to remember what God had called him to do. He began to remember, I'm Samson. I'm God's chosen for this particular task, and that's to kill Philistines. He's raised me up to destroy Philistines. He began to remember what God called him to be. 
He was transformed by the renewing of his mind. He began once again to think God's thoughts. He began to think and express what God thought about him. Listen to me, brother, sister. The only way we'll ever be successful in this life is for us to quit thinking our own thoughts and start thinking what God thinks about us. It's time we realize what God says we are and start thinking on those things and speaking those things because your body will obey your confession. It's time we get this church member mentality out of our minds. Well, I belong to Happy Valley. No, we belong to God. We're God's seed. We're God's genes. Amen. Samson. He began to be transformed by the renewing of his mind because once more he began to remember who he was, what God says he was. With his soul, this is what I am. This is what God intended for me to be. you can ever come to terms to what God has placed you on this earth to be when that strikes your heart there is nothing that will stop you from attaining that because God's word will not return unto him void but it will accomplish that which is a sin to do and nothing I said nothing will stop us from coming to God's thoughts I know the thoughts I think towards you saith the Lord you begin to remember who he was and he cried out to the God of a second chance to a God of new beginnings Amen. he said Lord Lord God just once more once more once more Lord once more restore me back to what you've called me to be Lord that arena that day he began to humble himself down he began to he began to confess and when he began to confess and when he began to cry God said he God heard his cry once more once more Lord just once more let me step back into my position let me step back into who I am Lord just clean my slate And God heard his cry, wiped his slate, and gave him a new beginning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And though it cost him his life, you say a new beginning, he died. But though it cost him his life. He killed more in his death than he did in his life because he was transformed by the renewing of his mind to go back to what God called him to be. And when he finally surrendered to the point of death, you see, you've got to be willing to give up everything to follow him. You can't hold nothing back. And when Samson was finally able to give God everything that he had, then God accomplished in his life what he put him on the earth to do. And in 2020, if we'll be a surrendered body, God will lift us to a place we've never been before. But we've got to totally surrender to Him. 
transformed by the renewing of his mind, by thinking God's thoughts brought his body subject to God's word. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you feel like you just blew it. Maybe you feel like you're just too far gone. You know, I just come to church, I just go, but man, I've just, you know, I've messed up so bad, ain't nothing for me. But look at Peter. Remember here a while back we preached on Peter. I just want to remind you of it once again, bring it to your remembrance. How Peter, thinking he blew it. After standing by a fire and denying he knew Jesus. And having Jesus turn and look at him. The Bible said Jesus turned and looked upon Peter as he denied him the third time. He denied Jesus the third time doing exactly what Jesus said he would do. Even when he denied that he would ever do it. No, Lord. I'll never betray you. Even after he'd made such a, an elected, predestinated, bold statement, he ended up doing exactly what Jesus said he would do. Even though he said, I'll never do it. He'd done it anyhow. Not once, not twice, three times. The Bible said, Jesus turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Because Peter, after all he had seen, after all he had been in the message, after walking with the Lord and the miracles and the signs and the wonders and being right there and laughing with Jesus and telling fishing stories with Jesus and he was there when the woman touched Jesus' garment, all the things that he saw, all the things he witnessed to, and now here he is, weeping bitterly. Because the man that he said he loved so much, he denied when it come to his flesh, the persevering of his flesh. If I don't deny him, they'll beat me like that. They'll crucify me like that. They did anyhow. No, not the man. I tell you, I don't know him. Watching Jesus hang on the cross, dying. Never able to say, Brother Gene, to Jesus. Brother Fred, never able to say to Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jesus. My flesh is weak. Watching him hang there on the cross. Watching him cry. I thirst. To hear him say, somebody help me. The man in the middle. Hearing the whispers of those around him. Is it
and everything. And I blew it. There's nothing left. I'll just go. I'll just go back fishing. That's all I know is fishing. I'll just go back and fish. I'm a failure. I messed up. But oh look. On that resurrection morning, Jesus said to Mary, Go tell my disciples. And Peter too. Make sure Peter knows I'm alive. She goes running back. We saw the Lord. He's alive. We've spoke to him. He said for us to come and tell you he's alive. Can you imagine the frog in Peter's throat? Can you imagine the, the beat of his heart? Peter's like, did he say anything about me? Did he speak about me? Oh yes, Peter. He did. He said, go tell my disciples. And Peter too. He said, make sure, make sure you know. He's alive. And that day when Jesus stood on the bank and the disciples were fishing and he invited them, come and dine. There's bread and fish upon the water. Brethren, he addressed them, not as friends. He addressed them as brethren. My brothers, come and dine with me. Peter comes, sitting now by another fire. Now he's sitting by another fire, and Jesus turns to Peter, and he says to Peter, Peter, lovest thou me? Peter's the Lord. You know all things. You know I love you, Lord. He said, Peter, feed my sheep. Take up your cross, Peter, and follow me. What did he do? He wiped Peter's slate clean. Forget the other fire. You're by this fire now. You're with me now. You're a part of this ministry with me now. Follow me, Peter. I'll give you a new beginning. You can start afresh. Oh, God. I think of Navian. The Bible says he was a great man, a mighty man of valor. He was an honorable man. When he went into the streets, everybody knew who he was. 
He was a popular man. Everybody wanted a selfie with Naaman. He was popular. All the parties, his name was on the list. He was a man of honor. When he wore his armor, every piece shined. His boots was immaculate. His medals, every one, exactly in the right. You brothers in the army, remember we used to have to measure and make sure everyone is exactly in the right place. No doubt. He led the parade. Let Naaman lead it. He was a great Man, the Bible says. But he was a leopard. Leprosy was a disease that eats away your body. There was no cure for leprosy. They haven't found one yet, the prophet said. Only God can cure leprosy. No hope for it, no help for it. Except for Jesus. He's the healer of leprosy. The prophet said leprosy is a type of sin. It sets in so gradual. It's painless. It just moves right in. You don't know it until you're dying. That's why. You young people don't mess around with vaping. Don't mess around with alcohol. Listen to one who's been there. Some of the other brothers can tell you, do not do that. It starts out as a cigarette. It starts out as a drink. It just starts. And the next thing you know, it's got your life. I speak as one who knows. It's the truth. I've been there myself. You think, well, if I, if, if I, if I don't do it, my friends, I, they will, if the friends, if you can't be friends and, and do that, then you're not your friends. If they can't respect your belief, if they can't respect your stand, you've got the wrong friends. It sets in painless, it just moves right in. You don't know it until you're dying. Big white warts come out all over the prophet said. Limbs drop off everything. You just eat your right up. Jesus is the only one who can cure it. He's still the only one. People with leprosy were shunned. No one would want you around. They'd send you out of the city. Remember you had to cry if you was a leopard. When you come into the city, you had to cry, unclean, unclean, so everybody would know. This was Naaman, the popular man. The man of valor. But he was a leopard, so he must have kept this secret hid from the majority of the people. But you see, there come a time, there would come a time. He would no longer be able to hide it. Are you listening to me? He kept it from the majority of the people. That's the way it is for so many today. They can look so good on the outside. They can look so dress right dress. That's a military term. They can look so dress right dress. Message perfect. 
armor, shiny, everything in place. Soul message perfect. But they have a scar that they carry. They have this fear that eats at them. A fear of missing the rapture. A fear of losing your wife or losing your husband. A fear of getting cancer. A fear that eats at you and eats at you till your stomach hurts. Can look so good on the outside, but it's eating you up on the inside. Deep wounds that happened when you were young. It eats at you all your life. It eats at you and eats at you. And you smile and you raise your hand, but on the inside, you're being consumed. A sin, a mistake that you made when you were young. Or last year, or last month, or whenever it might be. And you can't forgive yourself. And you can't forget, even though God has already done it. And yet you live it in your mind over and over and over and over. Little besetting sins. We carry these things out. From one year to the next year, we fall into the same old trap year after year after year. We make resolutions and we break them. Amen. I made a resolution. I was going to lose weight. You know what Krispy Kreme done? Chocolate glazed donuts Friday only. Guess I'll start Monday. <laughs> Why do they do that? You see what I'm saying, friends? Listen, if what you've done last year didn't bring you closer to God, there's no use doing it again this year. You'll not... You'll get the same result. You'll fail again. But there has to be a way of new beginnings because he is the God of another chance, amen. Issues in our lives that we carry that no one, deep wounds, we carry these things out. We fall into the same old traps year after year after year until we almost just become conformed to the same old pattern. To the same old way of life. Well, I'm going to read my Bible all the way through this year, and it lasts till about Wednesday. Well, I'm going to pray more. Yeah, that lasts about two days. And we come back and sit in our same pew beside the same people. If we're careful, this becomes conformed to a message believer. But what really is a message believer? Is it just a title that we possess some of us? We just possess the, I'm a message, but I do nothing the message says. I don't dress like it. I don't act like it. I don't live like it. I don't practice like it. So Naaman finds himself in this condition. There has, he's coming to a crossroad. There can no longer keep it a secret. 
It won't be long till the warts and the blisters and the nose begins to fall. But Naaman hears about a prophet in Israel. So we find that Naaman goes down to the prophet's house. 2 Kings 5, 9. Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots. And he stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Now here's this great man of valor, honorable man. And he rides this chariot down to Elisha's house. A, a man of valor, a man of honor, a man of importance. And he goes to the prophet's house. And he rings the doorbell, perhaps, or whatever. And Elisha, you know what he does? He sends a messenger to him. And says, go wash in Jordan seven times and the flesh, the flesh shall come again clean. Oh, boy. Does God know how to humble you down? Does God know how to get us off our high horse and into the Damascus dirt? I say, Amen. He thought, sure, oh man, Elisha's going to come out here. He's going to, I've heard about you. Here, can I get a selfie with you, you know, for my thought? He just knew. He just knew he would be a man of great honor among this prophet. A letter from the king. And Elisha sends a messenger. Oh, how God just put him down a couple of notches. Sometimes it's good to get knocked down just a little bit. Just to realize we need each other. But the Bible says in verse 11 that Naaman was wroth. And he went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. And strike his hand over the place and recover the leprosy. He had this in, he had played this out in his mind. Who knows how many times how this thing was going to be. He's going to ride up there. Elisha's going to come out. They're going to thunder and lightning and sparks was going to fly. He's going to slap the hand up on him and call on the name of God and I wonder sometimes if we fail to get what we need from God because we want God to give it to us the way we want to receive it. Huh? Well, Lord, I just want to get it in my seat. No, sometimes he's going to make you come to the altar. He's going to make sure that you really mean business. Come on, somebody. Well, I'm just going to raise my, sometimes raise, we know God sees your heart. I understand God sees you. We know that. But sometimes you've got to leave your comfort zone. Sometimes you've got to just admit, I need help. I know it's hard for some of us to do. But could it be we failed to get what we need from God because we want God to give it to us the way we want to receive it instead of receiving it from God the way He wants to give it. He thought sure that prophet would come out there thunder and lightning boats and give out a big exhortation with a bunch of these and a bunch of vows and a bunch of vows and a... 
strike the leprosy. But it always doesn't come that way. Remember when Elijah was in the cave? There was thunder, there was lightning, there was a whirlwind. But God wasn't in none of it. He was in a still, small voice. Just a simple faith to believe what God says. That's what gets God's attention. It's not our these and our vows and our screams and our cries. As I told the young people at the camp, if you want to shout, that's fine. But don't base it on shouting. You may never shout. Just get up changed. I heard the young people testify and said, I shouted and I knew I had it. I thought, nope. Wrong answer. That's the wrong answer. Then some of them said, I got it. And then I began to shout. I said, yep, that's the right answer. Just take God at his word. Take a simple faith. Believe what God said is true. And when it didn't happen the way Naaman thought it should happen, he got mad. Of course, we call that righteous indignation, don't we? The zeal of the Lord is how we refer to it. I'm not mad. I'm zealous. <laughs> Woo, that's a good one right there. Y'all pray for me. That one's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> but it's the truth, friends. He got mad. He said, are not Amba and Farpar rivers, aren't, aren't they better? The rivers of Damascus, they're better all the way around. They got all this nasty water in them. They're better. The waters of, they're better than the waters of Israel. Why can't I go up there? Where it's got fluoride for my teeth. <laughs> are not the waters of Damascus. Yes, the waters of Damascus are better. There's no question that the waters are better. There's nothing wrong with those rivers. Why can't I wash in them? Water's water. It's a lot cleaner. It's a lot prettier. Don't have none of that smell to it. Sometimes we need to get into the hog slop to remember who our daddy is. <laughs> you see, there was nothing wrong with the waters. Those rivers, he's telling the truth. Those were great rivers. Then here's the problem. It wasn't with the rivers. It was the problem was that the prophet never said go to those rivers. We must come God's provided way. You see, if you operate within the boundaries of electricity, you get light. And if we operate within the boundaries of God's word, you get the promise of that word. So he turned and went away in rage. Got right up and stomped right out of service. And his servant came to him. I said, my father... Can I say something to you? Just If the prophet had bid you to do some great thing, wouldst thou not done it? 
It would have been something tremendous. Climb up on the top of the church steeple or would you not have done it? Then how much rather then when he said to thee, wash and be clean. Master, if you'll forgive me, he didn't ask you to do something great. He didn't ask you to do something tremendous. He just asked you to believe. Just simply wash and be clean. How simple is those instructions? Why do we always have to complicate it? Why do we always have to think my trouble's the worst, my disease is the, my cancer's the greatest, my blood pressure's the highest? Why do we always have to think those ways? Why do we have to complicate it when we can simply believe? Just take the instructions. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. If there be any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. If they've done even sins, it'll even be forgiven them. Why can we not just do what he says for us to do? We sing it almost every service. Everywhere I go, across the country and overseas, about every place I go, we sing the same song. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Just simply believe. Master, why? Why don't you just do what he said for you to do? You see, he's more anxious to... God wants to heal, as the prophet said. God wants to heal me a thousand times more than I want to be healed. He's anxious to give it to you more than you are to receive it. So that's a good question as I come to a close. Why? Why don't we just do what he said to do? And it's like a light come on, just bing. He was transformed by the renewing of his mind. He began to think on these things. Well, you know, that's right. I come for his help. I come to get help. He told me what to do. And when he went back to the prophet's message... And he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan. According to the saying of the man of God. Four times, five times, six times. But on the seventh time when his head broke the water. No doubt it started at the top of his head. It just. He was changed. He was changed. He had a new beginning. His slate was wiped clean. He was no longer a leopard. 
No more outcast. No more unclean, unclean. No more separation from the family. No more rejection. He had a new lease on life. He had a new beginning. Oh, friends. I know a bleach tonight called the blood of Jesus Christ. And one dip in that blood can make us clean as a new baby. Abraham said, you get an old sheet there just as dirty as it can be full of ink and everything else. Nothing can take it away. You dip that down in a can full of Clorox or a tub and bring it back out. It's just as white as it can be. That's what the blood of Jesus Christ does to the believer that confesses his sins. It said there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. When sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. He said, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You don't have to dip seven times. You don't have to dip Naaman dip seven times to clean leprosy. But I'm telling you, this bleach that I'm talking about. The blood of Jesus Christ. We don't need a seven dip time. Come on, friends. We just one dip. For our cleansing. One dip for a fresh start. That we can take our failures. We can take our habits. We can take our city sins. We can take them things and dip them in his bleach. And we can be thou made clean. His blood can cleanse us and heal our wounds. He says, Gracious Heavenly Father, again with grateful hearts, we approach this new year. Bring back all of our cares of the past and ask that you'll put them in the sea of forgetfulness and remember our sins against us no more. And may not only we check up with our spiritual being, but in our make, check up our fellowship with thee and forgive us of all of our sins. And we ask that your spirit will deal with us tonight. And if there be any unclean thing about us, Lord, take it as far as the east is from the west. Cast it in the sea of forgetfulness to remember against us no more that we might enter into a new year clean, washed by the blood of the Lamb and ready. And ready, he says, to make 1960. But I say ready to make 2020 the year of perfect vision. That it would be the greatest year that we've ever served God in our lives. The God of a second chance. The God of a new beginning. Not turning a page as we come to a close. Not turning a page and making a promise and then turning it back the next day. And I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution. But I'm talking about coming and let us dip beneath this fountain for a new life. Drop that fear that grips you into the bleach. Drop that scar. Drop that hurt. Drop that sickness. Drop that besetting sin that holds you chained. Drop it in the bleach tonight. Let it die out with the old year forgetting those things that are behind us. We reach forward like a runner in a race who stretches out the cross the finish line. Stretch out into this new year to give the effort.
to press to the mark of the high calling of what he wants us to be. To be in this year of 2020, not only a new year, but the dawning of a new decade that we would come to the realization of what he's called us to be as sons and daughters of God. May this new year bring new thoughts. His thoughts. New revelations. New hopes, new desires, new power, a new anointing, a refreshing, a refilling, a reconsecration, a renewing of our minds. Oh God, may we commit ourselves this year, friends, as this is the first service of a new year. Let us this year, let God clean our slates. Don't carry the things that you messed with last year. Don't take them over into this year. Those grudges that you hold, why do you want to hold that grudge? It only ends up poisoning you. Just let it go. You know, I was in a hotel, I think it was Michigan. And I was sitting at the table and I, was, I had a little pad. And I was writing thoughts. I had a young people's meeting coming up. And I was writing down thoughts for services. You know, ideals, something that I could touch the young people with. And I know that that Disney movie Frozen was pretty popular. And they were singing that song, Let It Go, Let It Go. It was everywhere, all over, all over the buses and everything. All the advertisements for Frozen. And so I thought maybe that thought of let it go, just let it go. <laughs> I should have called that this, just let it go. <laughs> And so I wrote it down on the pad. Let it go. And I got up and went to the service that I was preaching. And when I came back to the hotel room and I came into my room, there was the pad. But underneath it was a different writing. I thought, that's not my writing. I thought, how did that get there? And I looked at it. And you know what it said underneath that? It said, thank you. I needed to hear that today. The maid. Thank you. I needed to hear that today. Just let it go. Let it go. Start out new. Start out like a new babe. Can you imagine as a come musicians come? Sister Ryan, brother, come, come to the come to the instruments. Listen. Can you imagine how it must have been at Naaman's house, Brother Skip? Can you imagine? The chariot pulls up out front. I don't know how long he's been gone. A few days, no doubt. A few days journey, perhaps. I'm not really sure. He comes home. His wife's maybe in the back room. She hears the chariot pull up. And hears him coming up the steps. He opens the door and he comes into the kitchen, perhaps. And she's in the other room. She says, Naaman! Is that you? Yes. Honey? I'm home. I love those three words. Honey, I'm home. She from the other room, she said, Naaman, how is it? How is it, Naaman? How is it, honey? He said, look at me. Look at me. My skin is like a baby's skin. It's just as soft. It's just as though I've been reborn. It's just 
like a new beginning. And I say in 2020, just take your problems, that thing that bothers you, that thing that haunts you, that besetting sin. Don't carry it into this year. Just drop it in the bleach of His blood. And you can leave here with the renewing of your mind changed. Changed. Like a new baby. Like a new beginning. Amen. Amen. You know, I've struggled since September the 23rd of 2018 with my back. When I was in D.C. the other day preaching for Brother Mike, there was days I could barely get out of bed. But I stand here tonight and I say, by the grace of God, I told my wife, I said, you know, these last two days have been the two best days in over a year. It's as though I have a new lower back. It just, it just feels so wonderful. Do you love him tonight? Let's bow our heads. Amen. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God. And renew the right spirit within Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit within
brothers and sisters continue to play, friends. Let this be our prayer this night. Let this be our prayer tonight. That Lord, Lord, visit me in this new year. Let thy mercies and thy grace, Lord, with new hopes, with new desires, with new ambitions, with greater revelation, Lord, greater anointing, rekindle the fire, Lord. Oh, Father, may you lead me and may you guide me. Lord, let my slate become clean in this new year, the new decade. Lord, as I think and I look around and I see those slipping away. Oh, God, my heart's been so heavy, Lord. I've wept buckets of tears, Lord. Hide me under your wings, Lord. Be my friend. Oh, God, be my comfort. Be my shield. Be my buckler, Lord. I need you, Jesus. I don't want to face 2020 without you, Lord. I don't want to walk another day without you, Lord. Oh, God, hear my prayer tonight. Give me a new beginning. Bring back the new again, Lord. Restore it back to me, Father. Whatever it would be tonight, let it be your prayer. In your own way, just talk to Him. You want to come to the altar, we'll pray with you. But there in the, in the, in the, in the, in the seat, that's your altar, your heart. Just open up to Him. What do you want for 2020? What do you want to be if time should tarry? And we come down to another New Year's Eve and we go into 2021. What do you want to accomplish this year? What do you want your life to be? What do you want your children to be? How do you want your home? How do you want your marriage to be? Whatever you need, whatever you're at, wherever you're at, whatever you're at in your life right now, as we start this new year, the first service of a new year, as Brother Louis said, let it be special. Maybe not so much because we're running the aisle and shouting, but maybe because it's a cleaning up and a reconsecration and a rededication and a recommitment and a soul-searching moment of time. Oh, that the shackles and the coldness and the starchiness and the stiffness would break off of us. We can humble ourselves down to take the simple words of God's promises to our lives. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe you need salvation, young person. Maybe you need salvation, mama. Maybe you need it, daddy. I don't know, but he knows. Just give him your family in 2020. Give him those children. Give him that son. Give him that daughter. Oh, just give it to him tonight. Amen. Just one good dip. Just one good dip. It'll be forever different. Amen. Amen. Am I making any sense tonight? Maybe it's just me, but in my heart. I, oh, God. Oh, God. Rekindle me, Lord. Revive me, Lord. Renew me, Lord. The scars of the battles of 19, Lord. The meetings, God, they've closed the book on them. They're, they're said and done now, Lord. It's a new year. 
New meetings, new places to go, Lord. May I run faithful, God. May we run faithful, Lord. Oh, just bring back the way it was before. Bring back the new again. I want to see you again.
long ago when my heart was glowing every new day was a challenge but indifference turned me cold made things stale made them old now I've lost that happy song I used to sing seems that I forgot the most important some feeling anymore Oh, please bring back the way it was before Bring back the new again I want to see Oh 
just have one more word of prayer before we go. And then we can sing this as we're dismissed. Do you love him tonight? Thank you for coming out a cold night, a lot of sickness. But let's just pray for our brother and our sister, those suffering, those at home and want to be here and can't be. A little bride around the world. We need one another more and more. Heavenly Fathers, we come to the close of this service. Lord, I trust I was able to convey what was in my heart, Lord. And fathers, we go forth in the new year. Let it be a time of renewing, a time of recommitment, Lord. A time, dear God, as it were, a wiping of the slates. Lord, that you could be that we could be that church, Lord, that we could be that body that you could commune with and flow through, Lord, that the that a dying world could see you through us, Lord. Father, I pray for each family here, Lord, that's afflicted by the sickness. Lord, I humbly ask you, God, may the fevers break. May the nausea subside, dear God. May the pain, Lord, leave their bodies. Lord, like the dawning of a new day, may they begin to come forth, Lord, in new light, in new energy, in new zeal. Lord, those that are afflicted with cancer and those who've got bad reports, Father, may their faith be rallied, Lord. May they go forth in this new year with new faith to face that thing, Lord, knowing no weapon formed against us shall prosper, saith the word of God. Lord, I pray for each brother, each sister, each child, man, woman, boy, girl. Lord, I pray for the children that are wayward, those, God, that once stood here in our ranks, God, and they've slipped away. God, I pray for them tonight, wherever they're at, Lord. God, go to them. If it's on a bar stool, wherever it would be, may you find them tonight, Lord. May the light turn on, God. May something click. May this be the year of restoration. May it be the year of the restoration of our families, that our sons and our daughters who are wayward will come back to the fold, dear God, we pray. May this be the year, God, that the Holy Ghost falls upon our young people, upon our children, Lord. That we all become one in the unity of the Spirit, God. We should rise, dear God, in the wings of an eagle to take our heavenly flight. Oh God, we commit these things into your hands. We ask you, Lord, for a special blessing upon our pastor, brother Donnie, in the coming year, Lord. Upon his family, upon his ministry. God, reveal yourself to him in a greater way. Use him as never before, Lord, we pray. Bless his ministry, Lord. My other minister and brothers here in the fold, God. I ask your blessings upon their ministries, God. May they be used, Lord, as never before. Lord, may they go out to proclaim in this world of darkness there is a light shining, Lord. Oh, Father, may we rise. May we rise, Lord, as eagles to take our flights, God, I pray. Lord, as it's cold tonight and those making their way home, be with them, Lord. Protect them on the highway. Thank you, Lord, for, for sparing Brother Wade last night. And Lord, little Nathaniel Short there up in Virginia, Lord, had, a, had an accident about the same time, got a concussion. Lord, touch our little brother tonight, Father, I pray. All the needs, Lord, we just love you tonight. Just commit them into your hands for your glory. Go with us now in the fear of God. For we humbly ask these things, Lord. To the God of a new beginning. To the God who cleans our slates. Who gives us another chance that we could serve you once again. To that, Lord, we say thank you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name.
Amen and amen. God bless you, saints. Go in the fear of the Lord. Rejoice, sing as you sing this together as we go. I'm going to make it. He already said that, I, that we would. Let's sing that together as you go tonight. Remember the service in the morning. I'm going